listening to Halloween Unleashed. What did you do with Marnie? She's on the cutting room floor. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the cutting room floor. Today is a banner day as our first celebrity guest is on the show. We are joined by the star of the fan film Never Hike for Andrew Lee. How are you doing today? Good, brother. How are you? Now, I can't complain. I got you on the show. <laughs> right on. How are you doing today? Good. Yeah, it's lunchtime, so I ate right before and just having a good day so far. It's fucking hot here, though. Oh, yeah, you live in California, don't you? Yeah, and degrees just kicked up by, like, I don't know. For us, we're usually maxing out, like, 75, which is perfect. But right now, it's really humid. It's, like, 84, and my balls are sweating. It's oh, terrible. I, mean, I live in central Georgia. It's fucking 94 degrees oh, here. Oh, yeah, yep. <laughs> That's All right, man, so I want to know, because, you know, you're part of probably the most successful fan film ever, probably the most popular one. Uh, how how did you go about getting your introduction to horror? Like, you know, have you been a lifelong fan, or was it you know more of a spur of the moment project kind of thing? Um, well, the project no, the project itself took a long time, but I think I got introduced to horror when I was like, whenever Blair Witch came out on VHS, because I mean at that time I was probably like seven or eight, I think, and. Um, my buddy and I were sitting at home. My dad had rented some films, and we were, he were, I was having a sleepover with him. And so my dad had rented, like, some films for him to watch, and my parents had gone to sleep. And we weren't tired, obviously, being that young. We wanted to pull an all-nighter. And so we started, like, rummaging through all the VHS tapes that, you know, we could watch. And the only one that we hadn't seen that sparked our interest was Blair Witch. And like, I had seen commercials for it. It looked scary. And so we decided to watch it. It was like midnight or one in the morning. And so I, I think being that young and everything's pitch black out, we had all the lights off. We had the, the volume kind of turned down. So my parents didn't come downstairs. And I just remember sitting at the like edge of my seat with like all this adrenaline rushing. I was like, <gasps> and I, I I mean, at that time, like, I was so scared. I've watched it since, and I'm like, oh, my God, this movie sucks. But I think that was, like, kind of my introduction to horror and, like, why I started liking it is just having, like, your adrenaline pumping and, like, blood rushing and kind of just, like, waiting for that, like, final scare. And in that one, it doesn't happen until the very end when you, I don't know, I don't even see the face. But, uh, yeah, with Never Hike Alone, we... Vin, myself, and a couple other guys, Kyle, and um, a few other guys, we started out, like, I think three years before Never Hike Alone actually released, trying to do something with it, and it didn't work, and, you know, I, I kept hitting up Vin and probably annoying him, and was like, hey, what's going on with uh, that Never Hike Alone teaser, and he was like, oh, yeah, just just give it some time, give it some time, and, you know, like, eight months went by, and we shot it all in the day for the, the first teaser. So I finally was like, yo, give me that fucking footage that you that you had. And he was like, bro, I can't. I just can't do it. It sucks. I, I don't like it. 
we're going to come back to it eventually. And so some time went by. Vinny scouted a bunch of spots out. Um, and he ended up coming across this place in Big Bear uh, that he really liked. And so he hit me up one night and he was like, hey, what are you, uh, you still interested in that Never Hike Alone footage? Like doing a teaser for this coming um, Friday the 13th, which was a month or two away. I was like, yeah, for sure. Thinking that we had some time to kind of lead into it. He's like, okay, um, cruise down to my place tomorrow. I uh, got to be here at 3.30 a.m. And I was like, what? That's not happening. But so I ended up doing it. We left at like 3.30, went to the spot, shot some spots or shot some stuff by a lake and then stayed the night and then woke up the next morning at like four and shot some more stuff. And that was the first teaser that we had to Never Hike Alone um, that was released before we even had a script written for Never Hike Alone. So... Who came up with the concept for the movie? Was it kind of Vinny? Was it you? Was it kind of everybody? I would say it's like nearly 100% Vinny. Um, you know, like when where we first shot, we shot in someone's backyard, basically. I mean, it was like a, a few people's backyard, and uh, it was an old cabin that was made for a Nikes commercial in like the 70s, like a Super Bowl's Nikes commercial. Kind of same concept, like a killer um there's i don't know if it's a slasher or killer on the loose but this person is in their cabin and they hear a knock at their door they open it and they realize it's the killer and they toss on their nike shoes and sprint away and that was kind of like the commercial from what i heard um but when we shot there there's this couple uh whose backyard we asked to use and they're like yeah definitely and uh then after like what are you guys shooting we told them they're like oh with the camp and we're like yeah they're like well you're gonna shoot at the band the the camp up the road right and we're like huh and they were the ones that kind of introduced us to what became the actual camp and never hike alone um and it took Vinny some time to find it but he took their old map like 50s or 60s or 70s map that they had up on their wall put it down with google earth and then found the exact pinpoint of where it is so he kind of like overlaid it um and then finding the turn off into it. Um, if you remember like Kyle, like turning off into going from the highway and then turning off onto a dirt road, it, I mean, it's only, it's like a one lane turn off and you really can't see it unless you know exactly where it is. And so it took him, I think a couple tries to figure out which one it was and then driving back and you drive up for like, I would say like a mile back this dirt road. And finally you come up to it. Um, but there's also the one the the dirt road it's on takes two takes a split in it, so you have to figure out which way to go. Um, so it did take I think him a while, but when he found it, it's kind of like you come around this turn and you see that first cabin that has a tree falling on it, um, and then as you pass that one, all of a sudden like it's kind of like Jurassic Park when they see the brontosaurus, it just opens up in this beautiful like a frame. You're like I mean it it makes your eyes pop when you see it because you don't expect this whole thing to be sitting right in front of you. But as you make the turn around the corner, you start to realize like, Oh shit, this is creepy. Oh my God, this is beautiful. Um, so that was really cool. Like the first time I got there. And I think that was when Vinny was able to actually start putting a story together that started out as like a 20 minute story. Um, and then he just built on top of it. The more, you know, uh, Easter eggs you'd find throughout the camp, the more he added to the script. And that kind of became, became the motive for 
making Never Hike Alone and making it longer than it originally was. So that was cool. So y'all, you know, did a little bit of set dressing to the location, you know, mimicking some of the original like murder scenes. Mm-hmm. And if you know any better, you would probably think that y'all were shooting in the same place, although you were about 2,000 miles away. Um, this was like an abandoned camp, right? Yeah. Yeah. It hadn't been used. It had been used for a college camp back in like the eighties or something like that. So kind of like on the same time frame as uh Friday the 13th. Um, but yeah, it, the more we, we kind of, we had, we had a lot of, uh, pre-visual, pre-visual shoot days, um, that we took the skeleton crew up and we all just kind of like wandered the camp and found different spots and, um, you know, sometimes we looked at things and we were like, oh, this could be really cool and really creepy for this shot. But it was in the end, it was kind of Vinny who made the most trips up there. So he was the one who kind of found what room. And there was like one day, one of our last days shooting, he comes up to me and hands me like an extra four pages of dialogue. And I was like, well, what the fuck is this? And he's like, oh, I forgot to tell you, I made a bunk bed for Kevin Bacon's death scene. We're going to put that in there. And I was like, okay, well, good. I mean, I would have loved to know this like a week ago, but yeah. So it was kind of like his call and and he definitely has the most knowledge between or most knowledge about for a 13th, like among the entire crew. So he was kind of the one him and uh, JD Martz, one of the DPs, they're kind of the ones who were able to like bounce ideas off one another and then look at the set as a whole and figure out like where each death scene or each murder could be put onto our set and kind of tie that back to the first one. Um, so we all helped out in decorating it, but at the same time it was mainly Vinny who gave us the final word and like what to do and like what would look good um, as far as our story went. So, you know, it was a 30 year old abandoned camp. How much did y'all actually have to do as far as like set dressing and making it look abandoned and stuff like, you oh. know, Oh, it was annuals and stuff. It looked completely abandoned when we got there. It looked there was like some rooms where because a lot of the A-frame cabins that you saw, like the small ones for the um, campers, was pretty nasty. Um, and there's like rat shit in one of the camp counselor cabins that we used for um, uh, the Kevin Bacon death scene, or the yeah that that murder scene. And then that was also connected to, oh, fuck, I forget your name. But the shower, the shower murder scene, those, those rooms are like in the same cabin. And if you first walk in when Kyle walk, sees that Playboy, if he kept going, when he keeps going off camera, there's a little corner right there that when we got there was a mixture of little rat droppings and children's clothes. And it was old grungy all the clothes had like molded poop on them and there was a little bed too so you couldn't tell if it was leftover i mean you could tell that it was leftover from campers or possibly bums um but it kind of also looked it looked like a rape corner in a way and we we saw that and we we're like we got to get this shit out of here so some of it we actually had to clean up more than what more than um, it should have been for an abandoned camp. Like, it was so fucking dirty in that place. Um, and then, I don't know, like, the the big cabin, uh, or the, the A-frame, the big A-frame cabin that had where 
Jason and Kyle play this cat and mouse game. Um, that we decorated a lot because it was also a mess, but it just wasn't like a pretty mess that you would want for this, how you, how the scene would play out. So it, was, it would have been a lot more distracting had we not cleaned it. Um, and again, we like built the tables so that way, uh, those were able to be in there. All the white sheet that you see hanging on the windows, we had to build on there and they had boards put up, but it was these really big boards that wouldn't let any light in. So it would have been really dark. So what we did is, well, what Vinny mainly did was he took a lot of two by fours and just put them across. So that way it kind of gave you this like chop light, um, into the room. Uh, and then we just kind of use what we could, the Camp Crystal Lake sign, um, the set designer, Brittany Porter built like the first day that we had the full crew there, the big Camp Crystal Lake sign, uh, that Kyle ends up finding, I think Vinny and his brother made, or Vinny and one of his friends made on like a Thanksgiving or something that they spent up there. They spent some holiday there and basically just skated around the interior of that main, the big, big room and put up hammocks and just slept in there for the weekend um and just cleaned the whole place up and then yeah every room had we had to do like a lot of work to it to make it look better in the picture but ultimately when we got there it looked like it had hadn't been used in yeah 30 plus years how long did once principal photography started like for the main shooting of the movie how long were y'all there shooting well because everyone was kind of um, doing it freelance for the most part, we had to just choose days that worked for everyone's schedule. So we had a lot of them, uh, a lot of the days that we shot were weekends or like Thursday to Sunday because um, we we're all doing it for free. And so I would say overall, it was probably about a year, maybe more, that we shot this all. Um, but if you took just the days chopped up, I would say probably anywhere from like 70 to a hundred days. But um, did you do your own stunts in the movie? I had a stunt double and the stunts I did not do. This will be easier. The stunts I did not do was the big fall out of the two story out of the um, door to nowhere. And there's another, Oh, and the choke slam. Those were the, Oh no, there's another stunt I didn't do where I think it's after Kyle hits him with the chair and he throws him and he rolls across the table. Those are the three stunts I didn't do. But for the most part, like the stunt double and I, the stunt double would do one take and then I do the next take uh, or two takes and then I do two takes, whatever, however that worked. Um, so that way, if I did it correctly, they would use that because the stunt double had short hair. Um, he's a little bit shorter than me, but we just, we look, we have the same features. We're just not, it, it would look better because you're able to shoot it straight onto my face as opposed to having to shoot from my back. So I tried to do as many as I could. And I did most of them just except for those three. Did Vicente have a stunt double? Yep. Yeah. He had, uh, so I had Donnie Nichols was my stunt double and Brian Forrest was Vinny's. Um, and Vinny, I know Vinny's original thought that was, was that we could do all our own stunts. But I think the reason why Vinny had a stunt double for a lot of his was because he was also directing it. And so if Vinny got injured, he wouldn't be able to direct, at least not for that day or possibly more. And so they wanted the stunt coordinator wanted to make sure that he was always available um, to direct. 
and not injured on set, even though he did get injured once. But that was from his own dumbass doing. <laughs> Who came up with the design for Ghost Jason? That was Vin. I, I mean, he had pretty much every, I would say every idea in Never Hike Alone probably came from Vinny. But yeah, Ghost Jason came from Vinny. Um, the mask came from, the mask was pretty set like three years ago, or the three years prior to that, that when we, when we first shot it. But then he had added to it. Um, he had added a lot to the costume, but Jason's face was like mainly what Vinny had taken. Um, and he, his idea was that Jason has kind of been living, you know, either in the lake so a little bit deteriorated from um, the last time we've seen Jason's face, um, or he's just he's been living with his mom's head up in his little attic room. So he wanted it to be deteriorated, but he didn't want it to be that much different. And same thing with like the mask is he wanted to take the um, triangles off so that way it showed that he had been you know somewhat living in the lake at times. So that all that like coloring and deterioration had come from mainly the lake. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was Vinny's idea. And it's, it's really cool when you talk to him and just get under, get an understanding of how he came about it because he's got all this information and some of it doesn't even come from the films. Some of it comes from like the director or the writers who wrote these parts and, um, or directed these parts, whatever they did and their idea of Jason and how that works with the story as a whole. And so that will he'll bring into like never hike alone. Um, but I mean, you could sit there; he could talk for days about never hike alone and Friday Thirteenth and it's in itself, and for the future projects of it, you know. So it's pretty cool stuff. How much input did you put into the character of Kyle, if any? Well, I think Kyle was um, originally Kyle didn't have any words or anything, uh, and so as when we found the cabin. Kyle had that one monologue where he talks about his brother talking about Jason and how he knows about Jason and his death and everything like that and Pamela. So that was kind of like the original part of Kyle. And once I read Kyle laughing it off and thinking it's just a bunch of shit, that was when I was like, oh, dude, this guy could be. I mean, that gave him such a big arc because at first he starts kind of scared and you realize, like, no, this guy's just a, a jokester. Like, he he can have a lot of fun with it. Um, and same with like the, oh God, which, which scene is, Oh, when he finds the, the lost trail, that's like another part where you kind of saw like Kyle's out for this enjoyment ride and he wants it to be an adrenaline rush, which is kind of like how I found horror films is like, I like the rush of adrenaline from them. So I was able to take a lot of myself and put it into Kyle. Um, and you know, I think Vinny started out with, giving Kyle this arc and his personality. And then I kind of just kept running with it. And as much as I could, I would want to add dialogue into it. Uh, wasn't always used, but you know, I, Vinny told me at one point um, when I asked him for notes and stuff, he was like, dude, make Kyle your own. Like, I like where you're going with it. I want you to keep running with it. And so he gave me the script and the dialogue and I kind of just ran with how I felt like Kyle should be portrayed. So I would say, I don't know, I, I, I did as much as I could into the character, um, and I had a lot of freedom with it. And so it really wasn't like I built this character. 
I'd, but at the same time, I didn't have any restrictions as far as Kyle McLeod went. Awesome. Yeah. Um, anyone watches in the Never Hike Alone Facebook group, you and Vicente go back and forth all the time. Y'all got like a really like awesome friendship. Y'all are giving <laughs> each other shit. So when y'all were filming the fight scenes together, did either one of you ever get like any any shots in that maybe were a little stiffer than you'd intended? Yeah. Well, Vinny, the, the part where um, Jason splits Kyle's legs, like where Kyle does the splits and the axe comes right down in between his legs. The first time we went through that, Vinny didn't go in between the legs. He went right into my dick. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, like, I'm watching. And, I, you know, like, when you're, even when you're in a stunt scene, you still have, like, all this adrenaline pumping. And so it kind of took a second for me to realize, like, what happened. And I just felt this, like, rush of air get sucked out of my chest. And I was like, <gasps> and I just look at all the faces behind camera. And they're all like, <gasps> and Vinny just kept going with it. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, so that was, like, his clean shot. And then I didn't get a shot on Vinny. But I got a shot on Vinny's stunt double. Um, he had, it was during that fight scene when Kyle... That same fight scene after Kyle knocks him with his after Kyle gets spins and gets up, knocks him with his shoulder. He makes a st strong swing and then he goes ah and looks at his knuckle. But I think the first time, the first take that we did on that one, I swung and hit the corner of the eye hole right here, and the mass went and shot off. <laughs> and I looked and I was like ah, and then they had to stop. They had to cut the scene right there. And the stunt coordinator comes over and she goes, well, you owe Brian a six-pack. Because if you get hit at all, you owe the other stunt guy a six-pack. Um, and then she looked down at my shirt and there's like a big blood stain coming down my shirt right here. And she's like, oh, are you wait, are you bleeding or are you bleeding? And I was like, I mean, I don't think I'm bleeding. She looked at Brian and Brian had like blood coming out of his nose a little bit. And she's like, all right, well, that's not enough blood to be on your shirt right there. And then she looked at my knuckle and like the flap of my my middle knuckle had just been popped back like this. And she's like, oh, my God. And oh, that was literally the first shot of the day. That was like the first shot we did all day. And we had been like practicing the stunts, I don't know, for the past like three weeks and practicing them all day. And we had to get it at the perfect light. And she's like, oh, fuck, we need to get stitches. And I was like, no, 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 we need stitches. Just wrap it up and put a bandaid on it and just, we'll have you know, we'll put dirt on it and kind of like have Kelsey clean it up, who is our special effects makeup artist. Um, and I think the only reason I did that and didn't listen to her was because, you know, when we had first started doing our um, pre-vis shots for the film, after, when we found the camp, we're cleaning it up and everything. And Vinny's reaching into one of the windows to like grab, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. He was doing something. I was on the other side of camp though. And all of a sudden, I just hear this, like, girly scream, like, ah, fuck. And I was like, oh, no. And he's like, I just fucked my shit up. And we all re come running over. There's only, like, five of us. We come running over to where Vinny's, Vinny is. And um, he had sliced his arm. Basically, like, right where that tattoo is, he had sliced his arm deep enough to get, like, I don't know, like, nine staples. But this is the beginning of the day, so all he did was decide to tie a sweatshirt to it or tie a towel to it and then wrap his sweatshirt around his neck so he made a splint out of it. And because he he dealt with this big-ass scratch, I was going to deal with my flap back knuckle for the rest of the day. Um, 
And so Jess, the stunt coordinator, just put some butterfly band-aids on my knuckle and it held together. And at the end of the night, we uh, once we got done shooting, it was like three in the morning. I went back to the stunt cabin because she was also like the EMT on set. And she had to lift it back up and then clean it out while I was sitting there drinking moonshine. She cleaned it out and then put like rubbing alcohol on it and then banded it back up. So that way it was all clean to go and ready for the next day. So I never got a clean shot on Vin, but I definitely got one on his stunt double. And he definitely, he got a very good one on me. <laughs> what, was, what was the easiest part about filming? Oh, the ambulance scene. I mean, even though it was like the very end, all I had to do was lay there and pretend to sleep. And I think I did sleep majority of the time. That was like, I remember sitting there and I was like, everyone kept coming up to me like, you okay? I was like, oh, I'm so good. Don't even worry about me. And then when we shot the outside part, I was even better because, you know, I have like my shirt off and it's cold and whatnot, but I'm in pants. Like it really wasn't that bad. Um, I guess like the no shoes or socks part kind of sucked, but that still wasn't that bad because it was like 30 second shots. And then all of a sudden the second the shot got done, whoever it was, like whether it was Jess, the stunt coordinator or one of the ADs or whatever, they come running over with a blanket and toss it on me. They'd like warm my shoulders. And I was sitting there. I was like, ah, this is great. Laying back. And I didn't have any lines memorized. I knew it was going to be like one of the last shots that we had to do for Never Hike Alone. So I was stoked. Um, I think the hardest part was that it was, we started shooting at like midnight or no, maybe we started shooting at like nine, like right when it got dark. And then we shot basically all the way into the morning, but I was the only one that was getting sleep the entire time. Everyone else was out there hustling around, like getting work done. So that way we got all the shots in for Tom, got all the shots in for the EMTs and just got all like the entire picture done. And so that way we could send back everyone home and get them back in LA as soon as possible. So of course you, other than Jason, Tommy Jarvis is the only character that is in any of the other previous films in this polarized by Tom Matthews. Mm -hmm. What was like the Friday thing to get to work with like the real Tommy Jarvis? Oh, it was super cool. Um, we, so I didn't get to meet Tom um, until the day he, the weekend he came to shoot with us uh, because I was kind of, doing a few other projects. So I, I just didn't have time to like sit down and meet with Vinny and Tom every single time they were, they were together. Um, which, you know, like Vinny was always finding some work to do, but he always found, found time for like never hike alone. Um, and, or he'd make time for it. Like there was never, and he wasn't pushing anyone to, to try to make time for never hike alone. He made sure to coordinate all the schedules together. Um, but being we, I remember we went through our rehearsals the first day and it's me and the two EMTs sitting there because I think we stayed in that cabin um and we're and Tom is like was coming around 10 um and then we we're gonna run through rehearsals so I went through our reads first and I just remember like all of a sudden the door next to me opens up and you see like a light come in I like looked over and I see Tom come in he's like hey guys how's it going how's it going yeah Tom Matthews Tom Matthews Tom Matthews I was like ha ah. Hi, I just couldn't, I couldn't like really speak. And then every single time, and this is really dumb because I had no lines in this read. So I just was basically like sitting there as they're all doing their lines together. Um, uh, what were my lines? I can't remember. Oh, I think my line was, he's still out there. And that's when I like fall back asleep. 
And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, he's still out there. And then all of a sudden I would just stare at Tom the entire time. And I felt like I was just creeping on him, but I couldn't, I couldn't help like not stop staring at Cause I knew Katie. Um, I knew Robert. I, I kind of knew Robert from like the previous night that we had hung out and, you know, cooked and cooked in the morning for breakfast and everything. So I felt like I knew them well enough, but like Tom, you know, it's also like your fangirling moment. And you're kind of just like, Oh yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of funny during those reads. And then we went through rehearsal. Um, and rehearsal was just like in this tiny ass EMT uh, or ambulance. And I had no, literally no air. And Tom wasn't really in there. They were kind of all doing their own thing. And I was just sitting there pretending to sleep. And I was like, ah, all right, well, I'm going to sleep. But yeah, working with Tom was really cool. Um, and, you know, Never Hike Alone, I think, goes back a lot more into. Oh, I don't know if I should say it. But uh, hopefully, Vanessa Matt. Never had alone too. If it, if we are able to do it, we'll look more at Tom's story and side of events as opposed to Kyle's side of events. So that'll be cool too. As we'll get back together and have some more surprises for everyone too. So we're confirming never hike alone too. We're not confirming it. We're saying that <laughs> if there is another one, that's that's going to be the route that I think Vinny takes. So that'll be cool. So given as popular as the movie itself has gotten, it's got almost a million hits on YouTube. Uh, Dead Meat picked it up as part of the Never uh, Friday the 13th kill count. That has almost 6 million views. So that's when generally you'll have big studios when a fan film gets a little attention is when they'll start giving you shit. That, you know, New Line or, you know, with this lawsuit, you know, malarkey going on. Did anyone come down on you guys to be like, hey, calm down? No, I don't think so. I think um, I think Vin was pretty aware like he sat down with lawyers and stuff and asked them like what works and what doesn't work as far as like a fan film went and they just told him you know as long as you guys don't make profits from it um which like we i mean we spent so much money and like i couldn't make a profit from it because i'm unions and it couldn't be part uh, and it couldn't be a union job um so i think like and so 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 is everyone else on set that was working on set so None of us individually were collecting any money. And then Wompstomp Films wasn't collecting any money either. You know, even though it went out and sold all these things, like we had our DP, um, J.D. Martz, a month after uh, we got done filming, got um, injured and got paralyzed from like the neck down. So a lot of our, any money that we actually did make, we put towards his foundation. And then also where we shot it was the Penny Pines Forest. And they had a fire like the next summer um after we shot and so we put a lot of money towards that or uh, vinnie put a lot of money towards the wildlife fires um that were made from this and so we had different areas to split up the money um i'm from santa barbara and so in santa barbara we had the mudslides and the fires too that were really bad that following year as well so a lot of the money like any proceeds went there so it's kind of like split up into three different charities um and at the same time like we weren't raking in a ton of money we just did it mainly because like i don't know i i did it a lot because one i like horror i like friday the 13th and i love like vin's passion towards it and even though like maybe i wasn't the biggest friday the 13th fan prior to never hike alone i think watching and listening to vinnie talk about it it gave me like all this inspiration for never hike alone kyle mcleod and just doing something that like i would love because I'm a fan, and I think that was whole, the whole point is for everyone was to 
make something that other fans were going to love just like they would love it, you know? So we weren't, we weren't like making money and the route that Vinny took in understanding like why we couldn't make money and how we wouldn't get in any trouble. He took far like long before he actually started filming Never Hack Alone. Um, it was like after we had done with the second teaser, he was like, okay, now I have to figure out if we can actually do this and how we can go about doing it. So that way we don't get in trouble and we don't have to take it down and keep it up there. Um, so we, I haven't heard of any like backlash from any of the studios. And I mean, I think if we did, then he would take it down instantly. So that way it's like, we still have the opportunity to do something else with it. But I don't think he would have sent out, I don't think it would still be up on YouTube if we did. And I don't think he would have made a second round of DVDs and stuff for people, you know? Um, he had done an interview, well, a small interview with, with James from Dead Meat at a horror convention talking about he had a kind of an idea of a sister movie for Never Hike Alone that he potentially thought about being the 13th Friday, like the official 13th Friday the 13th movie. Has he thought any more into that about what that might be or, or you know, pitching again once these lawsuits get a little settled about what that might be? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. I mean, as much as we talk and we talk shit to each other, uh, he may have told me, but he literally like can ramble on about so many different ideas in the matter of five minutes um, that I probably just missed it. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not totally sure which one you're talking about. He could be talking about doing a like the sequel to Never Hike Alone and then combining those both for one movie. Um, he could be talking about another idea for man there's so many yeah i'm not totally sure i think i think the hard part is that Vinny has so much like knowledge in the franchise and all these other things that and he's got like such a quick mind um that he can kind of keep going with everything and so it's hard for me to keep up with him because i've got like 20 different concepts that i have to understand and then the same time I'm trying to work with what I know has been made, what I know will be made and what I know is a possibility and what I know is a dream. So it's like kind of like prioritizing all those um, and figuring it out. But I don't know. I'll ask him that next time I see him. I have something I have to give him soon. So I'll have to go down and visit him pretty soon. All right. Awesome. I, I, you know, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show and talking with me. Um, before we go, do you have any pro any projects that you're a part of right now that you want to plug? Oh yeah, I do. So I got Pathosis. Um, is Vinny in that? No, but it's um, there. It's a film about a woman who has a mental disorder. Let's put it that way, and she takes pills to kind of like get better, but she's trying to wean off the pills. It's a short, um, and it kind of all revolves around one night and her trying to get off these pills cold turkey and how it turns into sort of you can't tell if it's a dream or if it's reality um but it's basically all re revolves around one bad night um and the girl's played by luciana fall fallhaber i'm her husband in the film it's shot the it's directed by austin boning um and affiliated with womp stomp um but yeah, a lot of the Never Hike Alone crew is gonna was on that set, so we we finished that. Um, you can look up Pathosis P A T H O S I S. Um, that's gonna be a fun one, and hopefully it gets the funds to 
make a full feature. Um, I'm doing 13 Fanboy with Deborah Voorhees. Um, so that one's going to be really cool. We still have to shoot a little bit more for it, but we got, I think, like half of it, maybe maybe a little bit less than half of it done, and that's a full feature. And then I'm also working on, well, I, j- I just got this job, but Vinny will be in this, and we'll be working together. So this time we'll be actually on one side and you know fighting someone else. But it's called The Badge, The Gun, and The Hangman's Noose. It's going to be an old Western. Another short, um, but it sounds really fun. It's going to be directed by Vanessa Iona. And um, I th- we haven't even gone into production yet, but I've got... I'll tell you this much. I, I have to ride a horse in it. I haven't rid a horse, ridden a horse in years, so I've got my first horse riding lesson, I think, in... Wait, Tuesday. Oh, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, so... That'll be a lot of fun to do, um, and then doing my own stunts in that one, I hope. So we'll see. But yeah, so I got those three, and that's it. Just yeah, those three and some commercials. So. Awesome! No, I can't wait, wait to see uh, Thirteen Fanboys. I'm, I'm patiently hoping that Deborah Voorhees will also come on the show to talk with me about it. Uh, oh yeah. Also, since I'm a huge fan of, of you know of Part Five. Um, yeah. And I know she's got Kane Hodder. Tom Matthews, just so many awesome people from the franchise. Have you yeah. got to work with them yet or met with them? Who did I work with? Um, no, because I think my character doesn't really cross paths with too many of the the celebrities from any of the uh, franchise. But, um, yeah, no, I didn't get to – I didn't – oh. Um, shoot. No, I didn't work with any of them. But uh, I will eventually be... I, I know my character, Chris, crosses paths with D. Wallace's character at one point. So I'll be there with her. I think he crosses paths with Judy Aronson, too, but I'm not totally sure. Um, I'll have to reread the script to remember. Um, but yeah, so I know. Um, and that's kind of like what, what they're they're holding off to shoot the rest of it for is... She's on another film right now, so they're waiting to shoot the rest once she's done, so that way they can pack it all up and get it all finished and go into post. Um, but yeah, so I'll be there for that. Awesome. Can't wait for that one to come out, and whenever Never Hike Alone 2 comes out, I'm certainly going to be ready for that one. Uh, thank you again for coming on the show, man. It's, it's been an honor and a privilege, and you know, most successful fan film, I would say, in my opinion so far. Most Thanks, res- man. Uh, the reception's been great. I mean, Topher is making these for guys and they're flying oh, off. That's rad. People love them. So uh, thanks for your contribution to the fan film community and, and just being so gracious and coming on the show with me. Oh, for sure. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Until next time, we're going to leave it here on the cutting room floor. All right. Thanks, guys. You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. <laughs>